You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So today I'm very excited because I have another Finn Connor. <laughs> um, I have Roger Whitney on the line, and he has been walking life with clients as a financial advisor for more than 25 years. And he's the host of the award-winning Retirement Answer Man podcast because he answers all your retirement questions, which is why we're here. Um, <laughs> he is on a mission to change the way the world thinks about retirement one little conversation at a time. And you all know that's how we roll over here at Money Talk with Tiff. So thank you so much, Roger, for being on the show today. Hello. Excited <laughs> to be here. You say 25 years and I think, wow, I could be a lot of people's father, which I guess I am. I have a 25 and a 24-year-old, so... Well, there you have it. <laughs> but all of that to say, you know what you're talking about because you've been doing it for so long. And so that's why I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Um, but before we get there, I just want to give people just a little preface of how we met, right? So um, we're at FinCon and there's a little podcasters meetup um, at a bar. And so, you know, I'm at the bar trying to figure out what drink I want because I don't do beer and all they had was beer. It was like, a, you know. A, um, Lots of odd ones too. They weren't normal. They weren't normal beer. Yes. <laughs> right. And so I'm trying, I'm struggling because I'm like, I don't really drink beer. So I'm like, what do I really want? And so um, I finally come up on a cider and I have, I'm like, still beery. And so, <laughs> so the bartender is getting me a juice box to put in my, um, <laughs> Put in my cider to make it a little less beery and up comes Roger and you know we just start talking and he mentions that he has his podcast because of course the podcaster meetup and he starts just dropping gems on me and I'm just like oh my gosh like I love this guy I need you on my podcast <laughs> and so um that's kind of like how we met was at the bar um while I had a little juice box like a kid and <laughs> he was just so maybe that's why I went into dad mode and started just spouting off advice which I try not to do actually but maybe it was the juice box that sort of threw me over the edge that might have been it because I definitely um that was like a joke that we were having with the bartenders like we we were looking like children. Um, but yes, that was probably it. And one thing that we talked about was how he's had his podcast, The Retirement Answer Man, which is an awesome podcast, by the way, because I subscribed shortly thereafter. Um, but he said that he has gone seven years doing this seven years in the game and never missed an episode and i just said like i think i actually did do this number um, <laughs> while we were there <laughs> Um, so um, as you can imagine, Roger is a phenomenal person and his podcast is, is great. So I highly recommend that you tap into that. And um, just to take it a step further, I just want to tell people this too. Um, as he was giving me these gems, of course, you know, like a dad would do, um, he gives me a story and he's like, all right, Tiffany, um, because I told him, I, you know, I struggle with consistency. You all know this. Um, sometimes I go months without <laughs> putting out a podcast episode. So he said, you know what, Tiffany? He said, if you really liked a guy and he stood you up, like you all were hitting it off and he stood you up for one date, let's say a month into it, how would you feel? And I said, you know what? 
I will fit slighted. I will feel like, okay, maybe he's not that interested in me. You know, all of those thoughts and things that we tell ourselves. And he said, how do you think your audience feels when you do that to them? And I said, message received. And so <laughs> if you all haven't noticed, we have been consistent on the Money Talk with Tim podcast. And you all can thank Roger for that because he was the pivotal moment at FinCon that made me realize that I was failing you all. And so <laughs> I, well, I was just a nudge. Don't thank me. I was just a nudge. Um, and the, by the way, one of the nice things of getting older, you're telling this story and I didn't remember exactly what I said now. So I get to hear it anew and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. That's a, you know, you get to relive these things like they're, you know, the first time. Right, right, <laughs> absolutely, at the bar. Um, so anyway, yeah. um, but let's get into why we're here for real. Um, and that is to talk about retirement. Because as I said, before we hit record, I said with my demographic, my audience, with people that are my age, we kind of think, you know, saving for retirement isn't important or, you know, we'll think about that later or, um, you know, all of these little things. So that's why I wanted to have uh, Roger on today. So Roger, what are your thoughts about our demographic? So we're, we're talking about millennials, you know, maybe Gen Z, you know, maybe throw them in there too. Um, what should we know about retirement and what should we be doing right now? Oh my goodness, where to begin? Uh, well, the first off, let's stick with the drinking theme for a second. Okay. So it is October and I don't normally do this, but I haven't been drinking for about three weeks, three and a half weeks or so. And the other the last weekend, it's Friday night, I'm, you know, winding down from the week and there's a bottle of wine that's not opened on our counter. And I started eyeing that and my current self really wanted to open the bottle and have a drink. Mm -hmm. Really wanted to, just because I wanted to relax. That was my normal routine. And I came upon this concept. I forget who it was that shared it with me of, I started to ask myself, well, wait a second. This isn't the only version of Roger. The, the dude sitting here Friday night, there's another version of Roger, which is Roger Saturday morning, Roger Sunday morning. What would that version of Roger, I have to take care of that dude as well as the guy right here. And Saturday morning version of Roger would have been much happier had I not opened the bottle of wine. Mm. So I didn't. So I think when we think of retirement planning or any kind of planning for the future, it always feels like we're denying ourselves, which in some cases we are. We're denying ourselves in today's version for to take care of the future version of TIFF or whomever, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. Um, and there's a balance between doing that because I know a lot of people, they deny current self for future self and they miss their only life, right? Mm -hmm. and that, they miss the only life they have because they're, that's you, <laughs> too far into taking care of TIFF at 40. Mm -hmm. um, and then there, so there's a, it, you know, now, I don't even know if your generation had these, but you had teeter-totters or seesaws, right? And they're probably mm -hmm. illegal now, but in my day, they weren't. And you could stand, you know, a seesaw, you goes up and down, up and down. Right. And if you stand on the middle of that, and on one end, you have today TIFF, and on mm -hmm. the other end, you have 40-year-old TIFF, we'll say. And you're, we're always trying to balance our decisions to make sure this TIFF, today TIFF is happy, but we're not sacrificing tomorrow TIFF. And that's a balance that we're all trying to figure out. 
mm-hmm. with very limited resources when you're in your 20s and 30s. With student starting, loan and all that stuff too. <laughs> yeah, you're just starting your career. You have maybe children. You have, you know, so there's not a lot of resources. So that's what we face. But a lot of it is making thinking about tomorrow, Tiff, as much as you are the today, Tiff, right? Mm. Um, so let's talk about retirement. Tell me, I want to hear your what you, what you think about when you hear the word retirement at your okay. age. So what I think about is um, definitely saving, you know, investing usually in a Roth, um, which I think on a previous episode, I've talked about it, but the difference between a Roth and a traditional um, and making sure like when I was in corporate getting the matches, you know, because that was free money on the table um, and things like that. So that's what I think about when I think about retire. I mean, I have a full financial plan for myself. Um, You know, I do it for my clients. And so I'm constantly thinking thinking about the long term. Um, and sometimes that's to a detriment um, for the short term, like the, the, the today tiff, like you were saying, because um, my husband gets on me all the time. He's like, babe, we can spend something. <laughs> like We don't have to save everything. Um, so when I think of retirement, like I'm very like in tune with that part of things. Um, but I noticed that a lot of Um, people that are my age, you know, when I was in corporate, it was a lot of um, millennials, you know, in the workforce when I was there, of course. Um, And so, you know, like I was telling you, we would leave the retirement things and people are like, oh, that was so boring. Uh, I'm not motivated to put anything in. Um, (laughs) You know, it just, it just wasn't striking the same chord that I had Um, because I would leave those meetings and I was like feeling so invigorated and yes, I'm doing the right thing and I'm on track and, you know, all that stuff. And um, that wasn't the majority. And so that's kind of like what I think about when it comes to retirement in in my personal life, but then also what I have I, I have observed. So you hit on something really important. Yes. And that is that financial education for the most part sucks. Yes. Uh, especially retirement planning for people that are too far off into the future, right? Mm-hmm. In that it it's not very motivating. And I think that's an issue with our industry, you know, the way, and and I've been in this industry 25 plus years and there's a lot of problems with the industry, but I think making it boring, making it unapproachable Mm -hmm. uh, and somehow, because when I grew up, I grew up in the era where it was like, we were, you know, sort of like old school doctors, right? You know, we had the big mahogany conference rooms. We are the smartest people in the world. Just listen to us and go away. Right. You know, that's not, that's not right. Um, and it's not true. We're not the smartest. Um, so when you think about retirement at your age, I think it's really important to have a framework or you use the term financial plan to make little decisions. Mm-hmm. But in terms of my argument would be actual retirement should be the last thing you're thinking about because it's so far away it's not meaningful Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, at your, you know, at your age. No, if you're younger, if say you're under 40, Mm -hmm. it really should be about wealth accumulation Mm -hmm. because what does wealth give you? And wealth doesn't mean you got to be Warren Buffett or somebody like that. Wealth is just, you know, have wealth gives you choices. Money gives you choices. Mm -hmm. It gives you there's, and I see this all the time with the generation that I work with when you know you don't need the job and you could retire or leave anytime you wanted, the job changes. 
Yes. Your whole perspective on everything, your whole life perspective changes. I completely get that. That's where I yeah. was. So money gives you options or choices. And, and what most people want, doesn't matter what age you are, is some control over their life. And if you are working and you don't have money, you feel, I have to, I have to keep this job. Mm -hmm. I don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. And that takes away your agency, your power to have choice. And that's a horrible feeling. I've been there many times. And so I think when we think about, you know, whether you're 20 something or 30 something, mm -hmm. saving in a 401k and a Roth is really about building wealth so you can have choices to take a better job at a lower pay, but with a higher, you know, with a better upside in terms right. of performance and everything else. I think, so I think that is much more important. And I will say, do you know what the two best investments are? No. I, can, I will say these are the two best investments, especially if you're under 40. Do I need to do a disclaimer first or? No, nope. <laughs> okay, nope. cool. no disclaimer for these. <laughs> All right. Um, what are the best investments for us? Well, the first best investment is to invest in your superpower. Mm. <laughs> so your superpower is your skills, right? To, to become more valuable in the marketplace in terms of your skill set. You've been on this podcast venture, mm -hmm. right? This is building skills, yes. presenting, interviewing, marketing, web design, You've had to do it all, I know, because I've done it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is making you more valuable either as an entrepreneur or as a potential employee someday if you decide to go back. Mm -hmm. The younger you are, the more you can build that the skills that you have. Now, those could be, you know, if you're in software, it could be, it could be um, certifications, mm -hmm. but it could be presentation skills. It could be writing skills. You know, if you look at my name, I have more letters after my name than my name yes. that are in my name, right? <laughs> and I did that all in my 20, mainly late 20s and 30s. And I did it very quickly. And I had really young kids. Mm -hmm. I had this whole system where the, I cut out about 45 minutes to an hour a day. And I'm so glad I did it because on paper, I look really impressive. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking to me and you realize what the true story is. Oh, but gosh. on paper, I mean, you so build impressive. up this this pedigree of knowledge or skills that means that gives that sets you up to increase your superpower, which is your ability to earn money. Yes. Right. Yes, yes. So that's the first investment. The second investment. And I'm, I was actually bemoaning myself this morning about this uh, as I was getting out of bed is investing in relationships. Mm. Now, obviously family, I'm not, I'm, we're talking professionally, family, friends, and all that, mm -hmm. but you're going to get the best opportunities by knowing people. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. And meeting people. And then when you meet people having the gumption or the confidence to, Hey, would you be on my podcast or whatever? Right. That's how we met. Right. I was like, just like I did to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me give you a story of a good friend of mine. His, um, He's in his 50s now, and I've known him for 25 years. So, and if you, this, if you do the math, this is really impressive. And he's done this for decades. 
he, he calls three to four people per day to wish them a happy birthday. Wow. And then he emails another three or so to wish them a happy birthday. 365 days a year, do the math. He has a, and, and, and it's not just people that can help him. He used to commute and live at a Marriott for four days a week. Wow. And he'd always eat downstairs with his laptop. And the mm -hmm. you know, there's a lady or guy that took care of this particular instance. I'm thinking of it was a lady in Washington, DC. He, she is on that list because he had a relationship with her for a year while he lived there four days a year. So it's not just people that can help you in some way. He just loved to build friends. And then, and this is where I, I'm really good at building, you know, meeting people. I'm comfortable with that, but I'm horrible at nurturing and yeah. just loving on them in some systematic way. And in this gentleman's case, this set him up to where he quits his job every four to five years hmm. and takes about a year off. Nice. And he never has to worry about getting the next job. And he never has to submit his resume because his network is so powerful. Mm -hmm. So the more you can build friends and you do this in an authentic way, and he does, it's not you know, it's not inauthentic. Um, you more you build your network, the more opportunities are going to come to you. There's an old real estate term uh, that I love, which is if you're in the room, you're in the deal. Mm. Right? You being at me and you being at podcast movement, we were in the room because we're in the room. We get to chat today and make friends and and talk about cool stuff. Right. But if you're not in the room, nobody thinks about you. This is very true. And, and I'm so glad you brought up both of those points. And I was joking about the whole disclosure thing, because, you know, we give an investment advice, blah, blah, blah. But um, those two things are so, so very important. And especially the networking aspect. Like I tell my students, because I teach um, freshmen at a local university, I'm like, y'all, the best thing y'all can do right now is get to know each other, get to know each other, get to know people around, you know, the campus, whatever, because that's how you get, you know, your foot in the door. You don't know who knows who or who can do what or whatever the case is. And, you know, I, I drill that point in almost literally every single class. <laughs> Even if we're not even talking about that topic, I'm still like network guys, network, 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 because I tell them, you know, when I was in corporate America, you know, I moved up the, the, the chain really, really fast. Like I was a step below VP in like three years or less. And so it's, and the only reason is because I knew people um, or people mentored me to get to a point where I knew, you know, or, or whatever. So it was like, it had to take my, my network and my community to get me to where I was at that point. And even as entrepreneurs, the same thing. So I, I'm glad you made that point. Like, it doesn't matter if you're working for someone or working for yourself the principles are still the same. <laughs> the they, they're totally the same. They're totally mm -hmm. the same. And I think of, and I'm, I feel lucky to be where I'm at now in my journey. Cause I'm 54. You said, you know, my age, I'm 54. And now every now and then I'll get people random, usually advisors, because, you know, I, I, the, because of what I, what I've done is from a podcast perspective is different and successful. So I'll get really young people reach out and, Hey, could I have five minutes of your time? Cause I'm thinking of this. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think there are, and so at sitting as the 
mentor a lot of the times, although I'm still feel like I'm an idiot, feeling like the mentor, people are much more accessible than you think they are. If you, if you approach them authentically, people that you think are, oh, they're, they would never talk to me. They're, you know, no, they, people love to help other people. Yes. Uh, and so that has served me well, because when I wanted to learn something, I would reach out to somebody who was doing it really well. In fact, in podcast, in podcasting, as an example, back in my day, if you want to learn about podcasting, you, you call, in fact, I, I, I borrowed his name and I told him this, he had a podcast called the podcast answer man. Ah, <laughs> and he stole that from the Bible answer man, but he was the be all end all of how to podcast. So I started listening to his podcast and then I bumped into him at uh, social media marketing world and reached out to him and he quasi mentored me. Nice. And so, but that, these are two areas in building your career to build wealth. Cause the idea is your biggest, your biggest, how do you create wealth? Um, I think it's important to touch on that because I think there's a lot of misconceptions in my, my, my opinion modern, you know, when you think of creating wealth, most people think of the Wall Street Journal, stocks, Bitcoin, buying the right things. At the right time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <that> time uses <laughs> everything in life and many things. Um, and if we, and that can work because we see Jeff Bezos and these, you know, zillionaires or whatever. Um, but traditionally, wealth is created by work, right? Yeah. And whether it's building a business or earning income and increasing the income. And then if you, so your income is your wealth generation in engine. Mm -hmm. And then you got to pay your overhead, whether it's in your family life, mm -hmm. you got to pay the bills or whether it's, whether it's in a business. And then what's left over after you pay your overhead and everything else is your profit. Yeah. That is wealth that you just created out of nothing. And so traditionally people did that and then they would skim off their profit and either reinvest in the company or invest in other things, 401k, Roth IRAs, a new skill, et cetera. And then that would just compound. Yeah. So wealth is created by income, yes. which is not how a lot of people think. The only reason people invested like back in the day meaning really in the day, the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, mm -hmm. the only reason people invested in stocks and bonds and stuff like that was to preserve the wealth that they've created and then try to have it grow over a very long time period. Yes. So it's supposed to be really, really boring. It's a preserver of wealth over a long period of time, not a creator, which is not what we think about when we hear about Robin Hood and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Those may be shortcuts to wealth, but it comes with its corresponding risks, right? Exactly. And I'm so glad you made that point because it's so true. If we keep our income, you know, high or, you know, manageable, manageable, um, and we keep our debt and our overhead, you know, that's all, that all falls into the overhead and we keep that as low as possible, then we have the bigger the gap, the more we can you know, the more wealth we have, the more we can save, the more we can invest, the more we can do things that we want to do. <laughs> That's the compounding we want. 
Yes. Right. And it just, in like a podcast, we were talking about this, you know, yeah, you know, our podcast has had a lot of success and listenership wise is, and you know, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of that comes from not missing an episode for almost eight years. It compounds, right? <laughs> but m- all these other things work the, the same way. And I think that's a really important if you're looking mm-hmm. at building wealth is it, you don't have to be really fancy. Uh, in financial planning, I always talk about there's this bling that almost all financial planning is bling, <laughs> right? And it's not the basic stuff. That if you just did the basics and didn't have all the bling, you'd be just fine. Yes. But yes. all people want to do is think and talk about the bling because it's cool. Right? Yes, it, it's juicy, right? It's juicy. Right. Just like, you know, with last year with the whole AMC and, you know, all that stuff, it was juicy. And so a lot of people were like, oh, quick money, let me do it. Um, but really, if you just like maybe focus that money on maybe, you know, your debt or, you know, something else, you know, it yeah, may or a skill or yeah, a skill. Masterclass or listening to a great podcast. Right. It, yeah. it could, um, it could times that, you know, um, over the long term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I play COD with my son. That's like our thing that we do in in chat and I should focus on just shooting straight, but I go buy the fancy guns and everything else to bling it all up. I mean, I should just learn how to play better. Right. But it's acceptable. But look, it's funny you bring that up because I play, I'm a gamer, so I'm glad you brought that up. But um, I play Fortnite sometime with my kids and I don't know how to build the forts and stuff, but I know how to shoot. And so I can still beat people just by shooting and all that fluff with building the forts and things like that. Like the, my kids are like, you don't even know how to build. And I'm like, but do you see how many kills I have? So <laughs> <laughs> sometimes um, my kids call me bait. I'm like the bait they draws everybody else out for them to kill. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but, but it all falls into the same point. Like everything you just said from the beginning of our conversation, it all has to do with nurturing, compounding. Like it's all the same concepts, just in different ways in different areas of your life. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about money. Because when you get a dollar in, yes. right? I mean, and and family, mortgage, student debt, you know, all the sorts of things that I had mm-hmm. um, at the same stage of life. It feels like you're making zero progress. That's the hard part, right? It's like, you, you're looking at this mountain, like, you're, it's like, I can't, I can't do that. Okay. It, it, it's just too big. So it's easy to get and that's one reason why I don't like the the concept of retirement when you're thinking about your 401k or Roth IRA. I don't like thinking about the long term mm-hmm. because it's so long term, mm-hmm. right? I don't care about that Roger that's 60. I'm sitting here 30 years old. I don't know. So I and and it it gets too intimidating. So if you think about big goals, you want to have these little pebbles and there's the you know, what we do in our practice and what we talk about on our show is we, we've taken from uh, software development world and mm-hmm. taken the agile project methodology and applied it to financial planning. 
-hmm. Because generally financial planning makes these huge plans and thinks way too far off in the future, which really is disengaging. So all agile is, is about making, making a minimal vile product and doing little, little wins, all mm -hmm. these little pebble goals. I think pebble goals are a great idea. Just get little wins. Mm -hmm. And the, the way the acronym that I came up with, I call it the wham. <laughs> so when you're setting a goal, any kind of goal, but especially with finance, mm -hmm. what I have found with, you know, working with clients and in our club and everything else is essentially when you're working with someone, it's like, they just want to, what do I do? That's right. essentially what they want to know. What do I do? What should I focus on? Mm -hmm. Right. So they want to, they want to know what they should do. And we don't want to make it too big. Right. And then once you explain to them, well, okay, well, this is what we should do or you should do. Then their next question is the H. All right. Well, how do I do that? Right. That's usually the next thing. So what do I do? How do I do it? Mm -hmm. And then they have to find assistance or some accountability to get that thing done. Yeah. Right. And that's part of what you do. And it's what I do. Mm -hmm. And we can do it for each other if we're not talking to anybody. So what do I do? How do I do it? Getting some assistance accountability. And if the what is small enough, I just need to not have this glass of wine tonight, right? I don't have to not drink for the whole month. I just need not to have this glass of wine tonight. Well, I could, I could do that. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I just need to not open that bottle for the next 30 minutes. Right. Right. Literally, it can be that big. Mm -hmm. That's how you quit smoking, by the way, is you don't think I quit. You just, I just got to get through the next, through lunch. Right. Just then it, you make that win. And what happens when you get a win it motivates you to keep going. <laughs> M, it motivates you. It creates momentum, yes. right? And then so once you get that done, what's the obvious next question? Next question. Well, well, now what I do? And then you just keep repeating. And I think that's a really powerful cycle yes. with money. Mm -hmm. And you do that, the 40-year-old... Tiff or Roger will be fine. Yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up because another thing that happened when I was at FinCon, right? I met the guys that created the app that I used on my debt-free journey. Now I hadn't opened that app in a while, right? Um, because, you know, I was still going through the process, kind of waned off a little bit because we all go through that. Um, but I hadn't opened it in a while. So when I met them, I was like, oh, I want to show you my data. And so I go back in for the first time in maybe like two or three years. And I look at my starting number, which was like a hundred and something thousand dollars, right? But I was down to like 50 something thousand dollars. And so it's like when I was in the moment, it was like, oh, I just want to pay off this one student loan. It's $1,000. I could do that. I want to pay off this credit card. It's $1,000. I can do that. Or, you know, some small number. Right. And then once I started getting, and I tell people all the time, when I started getting those paid in full notices in the mail, I was like, oh, I can do this. Like, this is this is something that that's doable. And so it became kind of addicting for me personally, um, just because it was just chasing like can I outdo myself? I started making a competition like, okay, I paid this one off in this amount of time. Can I move on to the next one and do it in this amount of time? You know, and so it kind of became a competition. And I didn't even realize like when I was going through that process, how much I had really accomplished until I looked back and I was like, whoa, like it was like. <laughs> That's an excellent point. 
Yes. Right. Cause you're going to, and you did, right. You sort of fell down and stopped using the app and looking at it. Um, and I'm curious, had you sort of, when you, when you're in that phase of not looking at it and stopping, you know, not opening the app, did you start to feel like you hadn't done anything and you were falling down? Yes, exactly. So it felt like I wasn't making any progress. Um, I was, you know, falling off the bandwagon. I'm just like, oh my gosh, 50,000. Oh, that's so much. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do? All that mental trash started to build up again, right? It started building up again. But then what brought me back was when I opened that app again and I was like, well, I did 50,000 before. So this next 50,000 should be just as easy. And so then it kind of got me back into the mode where it doesn't seem like such a big number anymore. Um, but it's all about putting it into perspective. I think that's what did it for me. Yeah. And I, I, because this journey is so long, it's easy to fall down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that, well, that's just being human, right? Mm -hmm. Screwing up is just being human. <laughs> like great things is just being human. Um, but I, you know, so with that app, I use a net worth statement to do mm -hmm. sort of the same thing. So I keep a net worth statement and all a net worth statement. And you may have talked about it on the show mm -hmm. is just a list of all of your assets, all of your accounts and the things that you own on one side, and then all the debts on, on the right-hand side of the page and you total them all up and you take your assets and you minus your debt and that's your net worth. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I use that and I've had similar conversations while I have myself or in my case, sometimes a client where I had a doctor a long time ago who had the same thing, huge student debts. And we were talking, it was probably 2010 or so, and just bemoaning the market and business and I'm not doing enough. I feel horrible. And I pulled it out and we walked through the story of, do you remember your 2000 year old, you know, in 2000, that version of you, let's look at where that person was. And let's look at all the little steps along the way. And it brought that perspective to where, Hey, he just killed it. Yeah. We're, you know, and, and I think we need to retell those stories to ourselves because we're going to beat ourselves up mm -hmm. a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. So we need to have reality help give us perspective. <laughs> right. Right, right. And yeah. and it's crazy because like these are the same strategies. Like we both use the same strategies with our clients, right? And so like I had one client where because I work a lot in, you know, paying off debt and budgeting, like kind of that realm, right? So she had thirteen thousand dollars in credit card debt. Now, when we first met, she's like, Oh, this isn't going anywhere, like this is horrible. I'm just gonna be paying this for the rest of my life because I'm just doing the minimum payments, you know, that type of thing. Um, because of course, when they send you your statements, they tell you how long it's going to take if you just do yeah, the yeah. minimum payment. I don't think that helps. I don't think that helps. Well, <laughs> um, change so them into paying more, maybe. I don't know. Right. So anyway, um, then when we, because we create goals, you know, that's one of our first steps. And so when we went, okay, let's fast forward like six months or so, right? So now she's down to like 2000, okay? Because she was just, you know, we had our budget, we had our spending plan, we were knocking it down. Now she's like, oh, like I have so much in credit card debt and it's just da, 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 da. And I said, okay, okay, okay. 
let's go back to where we started. <laughs> like, let's put this in perspective. And so like we started with 13, now we're at two. So now does the two seem a little more doable or, <laughs> you know? And so she was like, wow, like we really paid off that much. And I was like, yeah, and you did it all yourself. And you, and you didn't even realize that you could do it when we first met. But now that you've seen it in action and we got a plan in place and we're going back and we're putting things in perspective, now you're like, ah, only 2000. Ah, I can do that. Right. So it's, it's like the same concepts. Like you have to have those goals and you have to keep track. So that way you can look back and get that motivation back if you need it. Definitely. Definitely. I think, um, it's easy when you hear this to say, oh yeah, it's easy to hear you say that. I mean, look at where you're at. Right. And I get, I get that a little bit from a podcasting perspective, but um, everybody that you think has it all figured out, they're a hot mess and they've walked the same journey, yeah. you know, unless they're lotto winners or whatever else is. I mean, you know, we probably don't have time, but I, I mean, my journey with debt and screw ups or inattention or falling off is the same as everybody else's, mm -hmm. right? I'm just at a different stage in the journey. That's all. Yes. And that is so true. Like I tell people, like the reason I do this is because I was a hot mess. <laughs> like, like that's how this all started. It was, it, I was a mess financially. Like my credit score was horrible. I had collections. I had, you know, I didn't have a budget. I had a whole bunch of debt. I had two jobs, going to school, single mom, two boys, like it was a mess. And then that's what kind of like woke me up to like the things that I needed to start um, thinking about my goals and what I was trying to accomplish. And then that's how I got started on this whole journey whatsoever. So it's like everybody starts somewhere and it doesn't matter where you are in your process. There's always something to learn and there's always something where you can grow. I think it would be good to go to something. I don't know if we did it while we were before we were on the show or not, but if you have, let's say you have a lot of debt and you have a 401k and you're working and everything else. Mm -hmm. My suggestion would be, and this is one action you can take in the next seven days. This is a little baby step, right? Mm -hmm. And I love baby steps. We have a smart sprint segment in our podcast where every show, we challenge people to do one thing in the next seven days. And so then I would say, it doesn't matter what your financial situation is, start your 401k and contribute 1%. You won't miss it. You're like, I don't have the money. I don't have enough room. You won't miss it. <laughs> um, because that little amount will seem, what's the point? It's like $20, $20. What is it? What's the point of even doing that? Right. Um, that will start the journey to that $20. Yeah, it's not going to change your life most likely. But over a very long period of time, it's the journey of seeing it build, getting that feeling. I think of my son, who's 25 now, mm -hmm. when he was working at Starbucks at, uh, he went to Texas Tech and he was working at Starbucks while he was in college. And I was hammering him to start his 401k. Come on, just start it, just start it. It took me maybe almost a year mm -hmm. to get him to do it. And now he's 25 and he's like, whoa. And I don't know how much he's contributing, uh, but he he sees it now. Mm -hmm. But he was like that 
not what's that going to do? It's not going to, I need that money. I got to go out Saturday night, right? I need beer money or whatever. <laughs> um, your future self will be happy that you started that 1%. Yes. And I also want to add, because I, I also get, because a lot of my listeners are business owners or aspiring business owners. And they're like, well, I don't have a company where I can, you know, contribute into, but guess what? As entrepreneurs, you can create your own. <laughs> like, yeah. There's so many different, like actually as an entrepreneur, you have access to all the different kinds of plans, depending on what you want to, what you want to set up. Um, so don't let that be a deterring factor either. And then also having the conversation with your kids. One thing that I did um, with my kids and my little sister when she was staying with us was I would, <laughs> I bought up like a compound calculator, right? And I said, okay, y'all, if you put, let's say $5, let's say you have, um, <laughs> I was like, let's say, you know, your, um, you know, for doing your chores, you get $10. Let's say you took half of that, you put $5 in a week. And I showed them on the compound calculator, like how much they would have, let's say at 20 or at 25 or whatever. And so my little sister was like, are you serious? Like, are you kidding me? Like, is this really a thing? And I'm like, yeah, this is real life. This is how compound interest works. And she said, I'm about to start saving a dollar today. I'm like, yes, but it, but it takes like, it takes those types of conversations to kind of start clicking the brain a little bit, you know, like you did with your son, you know, you'd like put in, put in, put in, do it, you know, just do it. And then now he's looking at it. He's like, well, dang, like dad was right. Like <laughs> I have a lot of money now or whatever the case is, but it takes having those conversations early. So I just wanted to point that out too. You know, if you do have kids start having those conversations now, it doesn't matter how old they are. I mean, I, ha I started having these conversations when my kids was like three, four or whatever. Um, if they can get the concept of spending money, they can get the concept of saving money. <laughs> now, can I recommend a book? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's not about money, but <laughs> I, uh, I bought like 15 copies so far because I, here it is right here, actually. I have people's names I'm giving them to because I'm diving into this. It, it's called Be Unstoppable. Mm. I, I'm, in, I'm about halfway through it, but I read a summary of it prior. It's called Be Unstoppable by Alden Mills. And it's, it's written in a parable form. And so he, he was a Navy SEAL, big, you know, accomplished type of dude. Mm -hmm. But um, it's written in a parable form and he wrote it for his children. Mm. of the rules in his mind or the actions to really accomplish the things you want to accomplish. Mm. And so it's written to be read to a young lady or a young boy to help frame. And although it's written in parable form, you know, it's like, I think Tim grows up in hard work Harbor and, you know, it's, you know, oh. it's written at that, but I, I'm all in it and I, and I love it. So I think if you have children, even if you don't have children, I'm getting, I marked this book up so much because it helps with the mindset of things. Yes. So I would recommend that. And mindset is so important. You saw I was writing. I'm like, I forgot we switched to video, but I was over here uh, like writing. Write yeah. <laughs> it down. Be Unstoppable, Alden Mills. And I will have a link in the show notes for that um, because I, mindset is, mindset controls everything. Um, you know, once you have your mindset down on whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, um, that's how you go forth and you prosper. <laughs> um, whether it's finance, relationships, um, anything, it all starts here. And so I'm so glad you brought that up and I'm definitely going to order that book 
today um, on Amazon. But with that being said, thank you so much, Roger, for being on the show and dropping all of these gems. We had a very, very, very in-depth conversation um, on things that people like these are the things we talked about today are completely actionable. Like people can go in today and, you know, sign into their account, your 401k or whatever, and opt into the 1% or, you know, people can start thinking about nurturing their existing relationships today. Maybe you reach out to someone and say, hey, I was just thinking about you. How are you doing? You know, that type of thing. Um, and so all of these things can happen like immediately. So as soon as you finish listening or watching, um, make sure you go and implement something, implement something that we talked about. And it could just be one small little thing. Maybe you just send a Amen. little text message or you just sign in and maybe you create a net worth, state, a balance sheet or a net worth, state. you know, maybe it's just one little actionable step that you take away from this whole conversation and it'll spark you to start doing more and more and more. And then that's how it all happens. So thank you so much, Roger, for that knowledge and um, everything that you have. Now, if people were interested in finding your podcast or learning more about you, how would they find you? Well, we have the Retirement Answer Man podcast, of course, <laughs> on your favorite podcast player. And then we have the YouTube channel, which we just started. I just started after seven and a half years. We just switched. We do two episodes a week now, and we do one of them video. So that's been a new journey for me. And it's a little clunky, so you can find that on YouTube. Um, and uh, rogerwhitney.com is where I, we have a lot of worksheets, like a net worth statement you can get at rogerwhitney.com. Nice. Awesome. Well, I will definitely have all of those links down in the show notes. So if you are listening, make sure you check those show notes. If you are watching, go ahead and scroll down and find those. But thank you so much, Roger, for being on the show. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>